Hello, everybody. Welcome to another podcast for Legal Glass Ceilings. Today, my guest is Hala Ahmed, who is a family practitioner working for Inspire Chambers in Leeds. Hello, welcome to the podcast. I look forward to having a discussion with you. Good afternoon, David. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Part of the purpose of this interview is to learn how people came to be lawyers and how they ended up doing the rather strange job that we do. So can I start by asking, why did you choose law as a profession? What was the trigger? David, for me, the trigger um, was a discussion I had with my father when I was about 11 years old. My father had gone all the way to London from Grimsby to find a lawyer that could present a case for him uh, and understand all the issues within an immigrant family and all the rest of it. We'd ended up getting to London to meet this lawyer about nine o'clock in the evening, having missed a connection from Doncaster. Very helpful gentleman took us into his home and prepared what I now know as a appellants bundle and then sent us on our way. And my father was frustrated. We were lost in London, probably a little bit hungry as well. And he was talking to himself about uh, how he found it quite difficult to find a lawyer that would understand him. And I'd said to him that, uh, Dad, one day I'll I'll be a lawyer and I'll help people like you. And uh, ever since he, uh, through school, reminded me of that. So he held you to that promise? He did. He certainly did. Tell me about your family. What, what did your father do? What's his background? My father came to the UK in the early 60s, late 50s. He came when he was about 12, 13. He joined his uncles here. My great uncles came to the UK when there was a shortage of men following the Second World War to work in the factories. So my father worked in Bradford and he worked for the council for a while. He was a bus driver for a while. And then eventually went into the restaurant business and moved to Cleethorpes to open up a business here. There are not a huge number of practicing barristers who come from a career of restaurants in Cleethorpes. You must be pretty unique. <laughs> yes, probably not. Not from Cleethorpes. Uh, my, my father and his uh, cousins, they all run restaurants. They started in the late 70s and uh, I think in the mid 80s found some success uh, and settled here and um, here we are today. When you were growing up, was it part of your job? to take part in the family business? Yes, we worked as a family together. My father had me working in the restaurant from a very early age. He had my older brother working in the restaurant from a very early age. He expressed when we were quite young to relatives that he'd want us to go into higher education. And we were told, or he was told at the time, and I I remember these conversations that uh, we weren't ready for things like that yet, and maybe we ought to stick to what we know best. We were expected to help uh, and work in the family business. So that's kind of interesting. So on the one hand, your father is a first-generation immigrant in this country, making his way, running his own business. But what he wants for his children is education, higher education, and the opportunities that brings. I think for my father, he he wanted his children to get into higher education. He, he didn't quite know how to do that. And I don't know where the aspiration came from. A, a lot of my cousins had gone to college by then, but nobody had gone on to higher education. No one in my entire family had gone on to higher education. I can't tell you where the aspiration came from. 
he reminded me and he would encourage me to a certain degree, but he, he didn't really know how to go about pushing me in the right direction to get to where I wanted to be. It was a very sort of an unusual dynamic we had within the family because we had to balance this aspiration that we had against being part of the family, making sure we all worked within the family business, helping the family where we needed to, to help them. And you obviously did really well at school and then went to university. Did you go to study law? Yes, I went to study law. I did a law degree in Manchester Metropolitan University. And then I went on to do a master's at Nottingham Trent and then joined Inns of Court School of Law to complete the BBC. Tell me about the step from the academic to starting to work with clients. What was your route into the legal profession? It was a little bit difficult because, as I said, although I had aspirations to to be a lawyer or, or a barrister, I didn't really know how to get there. And throughout university, I was coming back to Cleethorpes to work in the family business every weekend, all the holidays, um, and sometimes even during term time to, to do my part. So I never had time for any sort of extracurricular activities. When I completed bar school, I found myself in this very competitive market to, to get a pupillage. And it's not the easiest thing to do. It, it, it was that part of it was quite difficult. So did you pursue a career? Did you start your career outside of pupillage? I, I had to start my career outside of pupillage because when I was applying for pupillage, I realized that my applications initially just started bar school weren't probably doing as well as others because I didn't have X amount of mini pupillages behind me. I, I didn't have work experience or other things which would differentiate me from other people. So um, I stayed in London and decided to print out a bunch of CVs and apply at solicitor firms that did immigration law. The reason I did that was I have language skills and I thought that would differentiate me from others and I would be able to get into immigration tribunals to hopefully enhance my advocacy skills. But also when I make my applications for pupillages, set myself aside from others make myself stand out to hopefully gain a pupillage. And did you manage to get into a firm to work as a paralegal doing immigration law? I got a job within, I think, two months of leaving bar school. It it wasn't too difficult. A lot of CVs had to be handed out and I had to have quite a few interviews, but I I got a job. And I I stayed in London for three years working for, for the firm. And tell me about the fascinating story of your break your, your big break of returning back to Yorkshire on the side. Well, um, the, I decided after working for about a, a year as a paralegal that I would continue to apply for pupillages for, for up to two years. But if I didn't get success, if I wasn't successful in obtaining the pupillage, I would qualify as a solicitor. And I, I somehow came across a advert for a three-year PQE solicitor required in Grimsby in a well-known firm here called John Barker Solicitors. And I sent my CV to the agency, not thinking I'd get anywhere. Well, you didn't have three years PQE apart from anything else. <laughs> I didn't have any PQE because I wasn't a qualified solicitor. <laughs> I was illegal. 
I made it very clear in my covering letter that I, I was a paralegal and I wanted to cross-qualify. As I was saying, I didn't think much of it. And the agency called me after about a week or two weeks, said that the firm was interested in offering me an interview. I, I remember at the time speaking to the agent and saying, are you sure? Have you pointed out that I'm, I want to cross-qualify? I'm not a qualified solicitor and I've got very little experience in crime as well. And they said, no, they'd like to meet you. And I came to Grimsby, had an, had two interviews and I was offered a job, I think a, a week or so after my second interview. Fantastic. So you moved back up north, so to speak, to Grimsby. And how long did you spend with that firm? I spent 10 years with that firm, just short of 10 years. Uh, they paid for me to cross-qualify and they looked after me and it was a very pleasant firm to work for. They introduced me to the work that I do now, public law proceedings related to children and legal aid work. And then they trained me effectively. So I spent a lot of good good years there. And I think you even became a partner there. Yes, I did. I was offered a, a, a salaried partnership in 2015, which I accepted. And I left last year to uh, join the bar. Well, that's a pretty meteoric rise from being a paralegal to being a salary partner in a, a relatively small number of years. You, you really must have impressed them. I think it was the fact that I, I was probably just determined to work and, and make the whole thing work for me. I, going back to my early days, I don't think I had a particular role model to follow because we didn't have anyone that had gone on to higher education in my family. And I was just determined to make the system work for me and get through the system as, as quick as I could. And yes, uh, I guess in short. And how much, yeah, you may, uh, I'll ask you this question, you, you may not be able to answer, but how much do you think it mattered that from an early, your early years, you had a work ethic installed in you from the family business? I think, that probably made the difference for me. It gave me the determination and drive to get to where I wanted to be. There are a lot of ups and downs when you want a career in the law. The law itself is inclusive. It's not exclusive. Um, and I think everyone can be part of the system. But you need to have determination because there are always hurdles in your way and you've got to rise to the occasion. And I know from my own practice... We get defined by our failures and how we recover from them far more than by our successes. What did you learn about recovering from setbacks in, the, in that period? I think in that period, I learned a lot from recovering from setbacks. For example, not getting a pupillage in my early days and making tactical decisions. But I think my biggest lesson came from my older brother, because when I got a 2-2 from my, uh, in my undergraduate degree, I was very disappointed and I didn't want to carry on. And my older brother sat me down and he said, no, you will carry on. What you're going to do is identify the issues and try and overcome them in the best way you can. I think when you are overcoming your, your own failures, you, you're doing what we're supposed to be doing as lawyers. You identify the issues and you come up with a solution and then you make that solution work. And everybody's makeup, education, background, they'll have different strengths and different weaknesses. So what were your weaknesses and what did you do to address them? I think my weakness or weaknesses was that 
I really didn't have much guidance when I was going into university seeking to obtain a degree and then come out and be a lawyer. I didn't understand the value of the extracurricular work, well, the value it would add to my aspirations to be a lawyer. Had I had that, I probably would have been in a different position. So I was able to identify that because of that issue and because of the fact that I was coming back to Cleethorpes, working a lot of hours, I wasn't able to do my best at undergraduate level. So when I got to bar school and having had this conversation with my brother, I identified one of the major issues was working in the family business. So I knocked that on its head. <laughs> Disappointed my father for a bit. So I bet you that was popular. <laughs> but it would have been a long way to travel from London anyway. My brother was happy and he supported me because he stayed back and ran the family business. So that in itself helped me greatly because I was able to achieve better grades or better scores, if you will, at bar school and realize that, well, actually, I can do this. I don't need to be disappointed that I got a 2-2. I just need to make up the other areas because, as you will appreciate, David, when you stand amongst lawyers or aspiring lawyers, you notice the difference very easily between yourself and others. I was in a class, I remember very clearly, where there were a lot of people from Oxford, Cambridge, King's. They all had months of work experience. I had one week from when I was in Cleethorpes finishing my GCSEs. And that's why I guess I decided that I needed to be a caseworker and, and work my way up rather than being disappointed and, and thinking, no, I'm going to quit. We all have imposter syndrome. We all think <laughs> we all think that we're going to get found out at some point and that it's all a bit of a contract, but um, overcoming that is, is, is part of what we have to do. Halal, having got 10 years, salary partnership, security, why then move from the security of employment in a firm to the insecurity of the bar? Our profession, uh, as much as it may have its flaws, also has quite a lot of positives. Over the years, I've made very good friends and connections uh, within the bar. And I've had very kind comments made to me by judges and, and other people. For, for me, being a barrister was what I'd set out to do. And becoming a partner in a firm, having that stability for, for a number of years, gave me a sense of belonging. But part of me always wanted to be at the bar and be a barrister, being caught. And I was encouraged over the last few years by other colleagues and judges to attempt coming back to the bar and, and seeing how I fare effectively. So, so that's why I did it. Well, I, I worked for four years in a, in a law firm and you do management, you do marketing, you do billing and complaints and strategy and bids and personal development and partners meetings. And occasionally you can fit in a little bit of law at the edges, because you're running a legal business, but essentially the law is done by others. Whereas as a barrister, we're in a different bit of the forest because they really give us three-dimensional chess problems and say, go away and solve that problem. Or here's a really difficult case. You know, we're going to strap you to the front of the, of the bus when our client goes into court and you're there, you know, right at the sharp end. And for some people, that, they like that. For some people, they don't. For me, it was it's what gets me out of bed in the morning. Uh, other people prefer the, the security of the law firm. 
I've seen the positives of both, I guess. And within the firm I worked for, I was always in court dealing with public law proceedings, uh, representing guardians and, and parents. I did do some admin. I was asked, the firm did involve me in, in management decisions from time to time. Uh, they asked me my opinions, and I'm always grateful for that. But I always felt my job was bang in the centre of the law, and and I was doing what I wanted to do, and, and I was always in court as a result. So um, I, I was happy as a solicitor, and I think that was the only reason I was happy, because I was in court. Yeah. And tell me this. You've, told, you've been frank and say you didn't have an awful lot of role models. But what was the best piece of advice you were given as you were desperately trying to work your way through and make the decisions about what was the right career? I think the piece of advice was probably my brother's advice. When I was in complete despair that I got a 2-2 and there was no way I would ever be a solicitor and taking a loan and got all those thoughts going through my mind of higher education and him sitting me down and saying, well, you need to go back. You need to finish what you started. If you're going to be a lawyer, you, you need to be determined. You need to identify your flaws and find a solution and make yourself better. You can't fall on this first hurdle effectively. And I think that's what gave me my determination to carry on and, and find a way to, to better myself and, and to get me where I needed to be. And there'll be people listening to this who are looking at that first enormous hurdle, who are school, university, contemplating a career in the law. And not all of them will make it because there isn't enough space. But what would you say to somebody who's thinking about doing this job as a career? If you want to be a solicitor, a barrister, go for it. There's, there's nothing standing in your way. You can make it work. If you have flaws, if you have to work part-time, if you're from a normal state school, I'm from a normal state school, none of it matters. What matters is how much work you put in, and that's what you get at the end. But your experience, and I'm going to play this back to you to some extent, is that in order to be successful, you also have to be self-knowing. You can't be delusional about the areas where you've got strengths and the areas where you've got weaknesses, because the law is a tough business and you'll be found out. And it seems to me the message you're giving to people is take a really hard look in the mirror and work out where you're strong and where you're weak. And then, you know, have a real strategy to attack the weaknesses. I think you're absolutely right. Uh, as lawyers, we're not forgiving as people. Very, uh, and if you want to be successful, if you want to make this career work for you, you have to take a long, hard look at yourself and find out what your strengths are. And when you sit down and, and have that conversation with yourself, I think people will be surprised at what skills they have. I never imagined growing up that the fact... I learnt Bengali first or I am able to speak Hindi is going to assist me in getting my first break as a caseworker. I didn't learn those languages for that particular reason. I didn't think working as a waiter for years and being able to communicate with all sorts of different people would help me later on in my career to, to communicate with clients very easily. You bet it does. Oh, you bet it does. These are invaluable skills. <laughs> So when, when I say take a long, well, when you say take a good, long, hard look at yourself, 
everything that there's always a skill in everything you've done it's just how you are able to extract it and that process that we've talked about of self-reflection of course in some ways is the process that you and i do every day when we look at cases because we're looking at somebody else's life somebody else's case and looking there for the strengths and the weaknesses and so if you can't do it for yourself you won't be able to do it for anybody else so you can't be a lawyer (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, no, you're right. I think what one of the biggest skills as a lawyer is to be able to identify the issues, identify the pros and cons, the flaws, the weaknesses, the strengths, however you want to put it. As my brother said to me all those years ago, don't let your flaws define you. You've got a tutu, pick yourself up and see how you can overcome that. What I was doing was identifying the issue and then seeing how I can actually make myself stand out in a crowd. You've been spectacularly successful at it, Halal. Thank you very much. Where do you see yourself in five years' time? I think in five years' time, I see myself still practicing in chambers in Leeds and carrying on being a barrister working in the public law arena and working with children. I I really enjoy this area of law now. Uh, And who knows what the future holds after that? Okay, I found this on the web for this series of law. Sorry, Siri wanted to get involved there. (laughs) I have no idea. Hello, thank you very much. I think you've been inspirational and I'm sure other people will find that really, really interesting. I wish you every success for the future. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.